are brightly shining. It is the light of our So it is the month of December, and it's time for Christmas again. And at Established Footsteps Ministry, we're excited to be able to share with you a Christmas Bible study to help us dig deeper into some things that God would want to say to us from His Word for Christmas. So as you move into this month of December, I want to ask you as we get started, how are you doing with that? Does the month of December get you really excited or does it bring some stress along with it? Is it a time of joy or dread? Is it a time of excitement or does it really just make you tired? Is it a time of celebration for you or is it a time of depression? Or maybe it's all of that rolled into one. You know, it's interesting all the dynamics that Christmas this month of December can create in your life. I know for me as a child, there was wonder and excitement with Christmas. I loved Christmas. We had some wonderful family traditions and there was just a magic about the whole holiday experience. Now, I'm not sure when that changed or began to change, but probably in my older elementary years, uh, lots of realities of life began to surface during that time. And, and I can remember the disillusionment I felt one year about Christmas, too. Christmas just didn't seem the same that year. There seemed to be a shifting of focus, and I wasn't sure what to do with all of that. In my teen years, Christmas became more about what can I get? You're probably familiar with that. All kinds of craziness can come out of that mindset. I mean, not only is selfishness bred into the child in high gear, but on the other side of that, parents can overspend and get caught up in a trap of trying to be fair and trying to please and keep up and, and just a myriad of twisted thoughts can be born out of uh, what can I get focus that seems to plague most at some point during their experience with, with Christmas. I, I married in my young 20s and Christmas took on a new spin as I created my own traditions for the holidays in my home. Kind of brought with it a new wonder, I guess, as I learned to bake new things and created ornaments and our first family Christmas card that actually has become quite a joke over the years. But even in the midst of all of that refreshed excitement with Christmas, Christmas seemed to bring with it this longing for something that was deep and meaningful. As a 20-something-year-old, I was in that very common season of asking the bigger questions of life. And, and at Christmas, the question seemed even bigger. What is this really all about anyway? Now, don't get me wrong. It, it wasn't that I didn't know that Christmas was about Jesus. But really? I, I mean, really? Even though we had said that all my life, Christmas had never really been all about Jesus for me. Jesus was the backdrop of my Christmas, but he wasn't really my Christmas. And, and I didn't really see that he was Christmas for most of the people around me. Oh, we all said that, but I didn't really see it happening. As time went on, I became a young mom and I got swept up in the tide of what I would call Christmas overwhelmed. You know, Christmas was so much fun with little kids, but it was exhausting physically, spiritually, emotionally, and definitely financially. So when January came, we were in recovery mode. And every year as this cycle continued, I developed some pretty conflicting emotions about the month of December. And maybe you can relate to that mixture of magic and selfishness and creativity and faith and fun with the kids and then just exhaustion. And if so, you might understand how over the years, Christmas just seemed to do me in. And several years ago, I got to the point as December rolled around that Christmas makes me tired just thinking about it. 
So I went into this fix-it mode that I'm easily prone to go to. And, and so first I went to the escape route um, effort. Uh, can we just go on a cruise for Christmas? I asked my husband. Can we just escape it all? Just take me to the Caribbean and we'll all be happy. That can be our Christmas present and, and we can get away from all of this. Well, no one really liked my idea, even though I brought it up several times. So then I think I really just kind of went on the bad attitude route. Oh, I did Christmas, but I wouldn't call it holly jolly. No, I was pretty miserable to live with. Finally, a few years ago, as Christmas rolled around, I found myself seeking a different path. I would call it the path of truth for Christmas, and I'm still on it. You know, goodness, it took me over 40 years to really start on this path for Christmas. To ask God, what is Christmas? And to really listen to what he says. Now, I'm not sure where you're at with Christmas. You might not be either. But it's probably part of the reason you're taking time to listen and join in on this Bible study In the midst of this crazy, busy month, even though you're a Christian and you know that Christmas is about Jesus, if you settle down long enough to think about it, you might not be sure what to really do with Christmas or what God wants you to really do with Christmas. And and I want you to know you're not alone. I continually find women in our culture who are disillusioned with Christmas or missing the point, or trying to figure out what they're supposed to really do with this month. And as I shared my own experience, it's obvious I'm right in there with them. Earlier this fall, I got an email from a young woman, and she's a wife, a mother of two young boys. She's a deep lover of of the Lord Jesus, and she's a Bible study leader. And she said this, she said, God has stirred my heart to get passionate about Christmas, what it means what it really means. Well, I recognized that stirring in her heart, and I thought, how good for you to arrive on this path in your younger years. See, it took me a lot longer to get there, and I'm still learning. How mixed up we can get in the experience of the way our culture does Christmas. Being so familiar with this young woman's journey, I emailed her back, and I asked her, What was God showing her? And and we entered into a conversation. And and this is what she told me. She said, you asked what God has shown. And and you may laugh, but I've been convicted about being the Grinch. Am I missing out on Christmas? She wrote, I actually read the book to my youngest child the other night. And I just kept thinking, man, oh man, how, how many of us just really miss out on Christmas? Are we just like the Grinch, tucked away on our mountain, looking down on Whoville, wishing we knew what they were talking about and why they're so cheery? She said, I want to be passionate about Christmas and, and not just about how much it's going to cost. And, and I want to raise my children to know the true meaning of Christmas and not just all about the presents. I feel like if we're not careful, then we can go years without knowing what Christmas is and just go through the motions. She said, I'm guilty of this. I know the real meaning of Christmas. But it's so easy to get wrapped up in the world's interpretation of Christmas. Sharon, I want God to touch our hearts and prepare us for Christmas. Wow, what an email. (laughs) And maybe you resonate with her words when she said, If we aren't careful, then we can go years without knowing what Christmas is and just go through the motions. Well, my young friend doesn't want to just go through the motions this year, and I don't either. And I think you're listening too because you don't want to just go through the motions of Christmas. God is stirring our hearts for something deeper. And even if we are caught in the motions, and it's only the beginning of the month, but we're already caught up in the motions, you know what? He's willing to go out of his way to meet us right where we are. Let's pray as we get started. Lord, I just pray that you would rescue us from the common motions of our culture for Christmas. These motions of December that can leave us longing for something deeper, even when we have an abundance around us. Lord, help us to see our real gift, 
to know the real gift of Christmas. God, we know that you are the giver of your word. You're the teacher of your word. And so I just pray that you would break it open to us as we consider what you have to say about Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start this three-week Bible study in a place in God's Word that you might not generally think of for a Christmas Bible study. But as we turn to John chapter 4, what we're going to find is a mixed-up woman who is just going through the motions of life. If you have a Bible nearby, I would really encourage you to open it up to John chapter 4. But if you're driving or not able to get your Bible out at the moment, I would encourage you to read it when you can. But listen as I start reading with verse 3. It says, He left Judea, that means Jesus. Jesus left Judea and he departed again into Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. So here's Jesus, and he's been ministering in Judea, and he was going to head on over to Galilee. But the distance between Judea and Galilee required a going through Samaria. Now, Jesus was a Jew, and most Jews would have gone the long way around Samaria because they didn't want anything to do with the people who lived in Samaria, Samaria the Samaritans. But that's not Jesus. Jesus doesn't do things the way that our culture does them. And Jesus goes right through Samaria, and he plops down at a well right in the middle of the day. Verse 7 says, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. There is so much we could talk about in this passage, and I imagine you have probably read this passage before or studied it in some way. And, and I know this is not a traditional Christmas passage, but the Lord has been breaking it wide open for me this Christmas. His word is so alive and active and will speak in, in the most interesting of ways. But first, let's get the gist of this story, and then I'll show you what the Lord has been showing me about Christmas in John chapter 4. Verse 7 tells us that here comes this woman of Samaria to the well. Now, do you know what a Samaritan was? We're calling her this woman of Samaria. Well, what was a Samaritan? A Samaritan was a mixed breed. They were a mixture of Jew and Gentile. So, in a sense, we could say that a Samaritan was God's child in heritage, but also a child of the world as well, because they were Jew and Gentile. So, all mixed up. And, and Samaritans actually grew up with a very mixed understanding of truth also. And actually, for the record, Jews did too. They just didn't know it. Um, most of us do too. Uh, that certainly could be said of me in many ways. I mean, I can be so full of God, but so full of the world at the same time. Well, back to John chapter 4. This woman, she comes to the well in the middle of the day, this Samaritan woman, and, and there's all kinds of theories why she's there in the middle of the day. See, most women came in groups to the well early in the morning before the heat of the day, but not this woman. She came alone. She wasn't with a group of friends. She came not in the morning, but in the middle of the day when it was hot. Now, why would she do this? Well, not only was she... A Samaritan but these actions indicate she probably felt like an outcast she knew she didn't belong so she learned to go it alone just easier that way as each new day dawned they needed water she didn't really have a choice about that she had to go to the well but she learned her way around the system for her she came alone she came in the middle of the day now, I don't think this Samaritan woman, this mixed-up woman, expected to meet Jesus at the well that day. But Jesus sure expected to meet her. Keep reading with me. It says in verse 7, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. 
And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Sounds kind of like this woman had an edge to her. You know, she's figured things out. She knows her place. She's used to coming to the well in the middle of the day and not expecting to meet a Jewish person there. She knows all the right things to say and do and where her place is. But listen to how Jesus answered her. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. I want to read that again for you. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. As you listen to these teachings, we're going to come back to John 4.10 again and again. But let's see what in the world this chapter has to do with Christmas. There's a great parallel between what happens in John chapter 4 and Christmas. A parallel that can take Jesus out of the manger as a baby and into this month of December and how we celebrate Christmas. We talked about how this woman was a Samaritan woman, how mixed up she was. Not only is she mixed up in her heritage, she's a mixture of Jew and Gentile. If you keep reading through John chapter 4, you find she's mixed up in her theology. She's mixed up in how she worships. She's mixed up in her behavior. Now, I can relate to all of that. I can get life all mixed up. I can act like a child of the world and a child of God all at the same time. And one way I can do that is in how I celebrate Christmas. Here I am singing joy to the world and wearing my Christmas is all about Jesus button on my coat as I drive around in the Christmas frenzy, running in and out of stores, trying to get the best, look the best, decorate the best, uh, bake the best, make the best from Pinterest, and more. I can sure be one mixed up woman. We talked about how Jesus came into her world. She was broken and hurting and just working with the system as it was. But Jesus came where she was. Jesus came to a place he wasn't supposed to be in, a place he didn't belong. And how parallel is this to Christmas? See, Jesus came into our world, a place of brokenness where we've all learned to get by and work the system of life. He came to where we were. We're a mixed up people needing help. He came to a place where he wasn't supposed to be. He was in heaven. He was mighty God, eternal, holy. And he came into this place that was broken and full of strife when he was the Prince of Peace. A place he didn't belong, but he came. When Jesus came and sat with this woman and asked her for a drink, he knew she really couldn't give him anything. So instead, what did he do? He turned around and he offered her himself. And in the same way, Jesus came to us. Yes, he had already asked, he's already asked us to live for him, but we can't do that. Not on our own. We don't really have anything to give him. So why did he come? He came to give us himself as a gift. The question is, how are we responding to what he gives? You know, at first, this woman was totally confused by Jesus' words, and her response was all mixed up. She didn't know the gift of God, and it's obvious in how she responds to what Jesus says. Jesus had told her in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God, and then, then you would have said to me, give me a drink, and, and I would have given you living water. And what does she say in verse 11? She says, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and, and his cattle? She definitely has an edge to her. Almost sounds like she's a little defensive, but her comments really reveal how mixed up she is. 
Here she is sitting with Jesus. Jesus is Jacob's creator. Jesus is God. And she's trying to tell Jesus about Jacob. See, when we argue with Jesus, we often reveal our own mixed upness. I don't know if you've ever heard that word. I think I just kind of made it up. Mixed upness. Well, this woman was full of mixed upness. But mixed upness doesn't scare Jesus. It doesn't put him off. He kept engaging this woman. Read in verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water is going to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Here, Jesus reveals part of the reason he's such a gift. He's able to give life-giving water for the soul. See, all the thirsts in our lives that drive us, his living water alone can quench them. The thirst in us that drive us to do just crazy things at Christmas. And for that matter, the other 11 months of the year too. If we receive the living water that Jesus gives, our thirst can actually get satisfied in him. But see, we often don't get it. And this woman didn't get it either. Listen to how she responds in verse 15. She said to him, Sir, give me this water so I don't have to be thirsty, nor come all the way down here to draw. She's still mixed up. She's, she's thinking about literal water. And oh my goodness, does she need help. And you know what? So do we. Because we are so often focused on finding a literal gift for Christmas. Reaching deep into, into the well of this month of holiday time. Trying to create just the perfect thing. When the creator of heaven and earth is sitting right in front of us, talking to us, offering us himself if we knew the gift of God. We're going to find, as we keep reading, that this woman does come to know the gift of God, Jesus, in a life-changing way. And, And in the same way, the purpose of our study this December is for us to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus as he comes to us in our mixed up state this Christmas to really open up the gift we have been given. No matter how mixed up our response has been in the past or even is today about our amazing Christmas gift, how misinformed we might be, how materialistic maybe we've allowed this to become, how non-feeling we've gotten about Christmas as it comes around this year, or how caught up in the frenzy of it we are. We can get so mixed up in so many directions. But Jesus is the kind of Savior who will go out of his way to get in the middle of our mess, to go out of his way to get right in the middle of it all and clear things up with himself. Throughout the, the, the next several weeks, we're going to look more at this woman's story and her conversation with Jesus. But for now, let's just stop here. And let's go back to that phrase in verse 10. When Jesus said to this woman, If you knew the gift of God. The gift of God. Jesus was sitting right in front of her. The greatest gift of God. She was talking to him. She was talking about serving him. But she didn't know him. And maybe we've been confused and our response to his coming into our world, Emmanuel, has been all mixed up too. But that can change if we will really get to know our gift. Through this study, I think Jesus wants to say, Christmas is about me giving me to you. Come. Can I sit down with you as as you come to this December month and open the gift of myself for you? Can I quench these thirsts in your life that get even thirstier in this frenzied month? There's a passage in Isaiah that's a traditional Christmas passage. So if you're still wondering what in the world we're doing in John chapter 4 for our Christmas Bible study, this might help a little bit. But hold your place in John chapter 4 and turn with me over to Isaiah chapter 9. I believe God is going to use this passage to open up the gift of Jesus for us, to help us to really get to know what the gift of God is this Christmas. 
This passage in Isaiah is actually a prophetic passage. It's a passage that was written hundreds of years before Christ was even born on the earth. But it's all about Jesus. In a time where people were so mixed up, a time like ours, these amazing words were spoken. And I'm going to read Isaiah 9, 6. It says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of peace. You know, reading this verse is opening the gift of Jesus. See, we get to see who Jesus is, who he was promised to be. You know, it says, for a child will be born to us. Jesus was born. It actually happened. A son was given. He was given as a savior. He died on the cross. All of those things um, are, are, are not just in the word of God, which is truth, but they're actually recorded in history. So it's not just for those of us who tend to be whatever you want to say, religious or Christian or whatever you want to call it. it that is a fact. Jesus was born. It happened. He was crucified on a cross and he raised from the dead. But it goes on to say, the government will rest on his shoulders. Now that has not yet come to be. Ultimately, it is because God is sovereign. But there will come a day where earthly governments will fade away at the revealing of his full reign. And we look forward to that. But where I really want to focus here and where I think God would like us to look is when it says what his name is. And it starts by saying his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Go back with me to John chapter 4. See, Jesus was trying to open the gift of himself to this woman. But she obviously didn't get it. <laughs> She's mixed up. And, and I love what she says in verse 15. She says, give me this water so I don't have to be thirsty or come all the way here to draw. <laughs> Jesus is talking to her about the life-giving water of himself. And she's still talking about literal water. She's totally clueless to who is right in front of her. And that is just exactly the way that we can be about Christmas. We're talking and all in a frenzy about literal gifts and all this stuff. And Jesus is right in front of us as our gift. And in verse 10, Jesus had made it clear that he wished she knew who he was. Well, in verse 16, it's obvious he knows that she doesn't get it. So he's basically just going to be like, let me just open up myself for you. And he shows her his gift. You know what he says to her in verse 16? He says, go call your husband and come here. Now, it almost looks like he changes the subject, but that's not what he does at all. See, he started the conversation telling her if you knew the gift of God. That's what he was trying to do. Reveal the gift of God to her. She's so mixed up that she missed it. Even now when he's opening up the gift and says, go call your husband. And what does she say? In verse 17, the first part, she said, I don't have a husband. And he says, no, you don't. And it's almost like he takes the wrapping paper of this gift and just tears it off and just says, look, look, look. Look, look at who I am when he says at the second part of, of verse 17. He says, well, 16 actually, he says, go call your husband. She says, I don't have one. Jesus says, you've said that right. I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one who you have now is not your husband. Oh, you've said that truly. You know what he's revealing to her? You know what he's revealing? He's revealing that he is a wonderful counselor. Just like Isaiah 9 says, this woman was mixed up. She needed a counselor. And guess what? We do too. And Jesus is not just a counselor. Isaiah 9 tells us he will be given to us as wonderful counselor. The Hebrew word for wonderful is not like we use wonderful. Oh, like, oh, that's just so wonderful. It is a word that means great beyond comprehension. We can't even grasp how wonderful. Here's the point. If you're longing for something deeper from Christmas, 
If you want to give your kids something more meaningful for Christmas, if you want to end this month satisfied instead of spent, then open your gift and see that Jesus is wonderful counselor. And make sure your kids and your family and your friends open their gift and you know this gift and you celebrate this gift all year long. See, we get so caught up in trying to do what we think is going to make Christmas meaningful for Jesus. We, we try to make it meaningful for ourselves, for our kids, for our families. We try to do that with, with literal water. Let, let me explain what I mean. We buy all these gifts. We do all this decorating. We put up major scenes. Some of us make birthday cakes for Jesus. We do these celebrations of music and drama. And we serve others and try to be generous and Oh, wonderful, wonderful things, amazing things. And I don't down those things at all. But so many of these things just leave Jesus in the manger. And Jesus in the manger is a beautiful story full of wonder and awe. But Jesus in the manger is not enough to quench our very thirsty lives. So in our mixed upness and us seeking to quench our thirst and us seeking to give Jesus a drink, you know what we've done? We've created even more mixed upness. The, the decorating, the gift giving scene, it's, it's literally out of control in our culture from the giver to the getter. Next year, we're going to want a better wreath on the front door. The styles of the sweaters we would buy or the clothes or whatever you, you're going to buy for the gifts, they're going to change. What, what's the newest and greatest is, is going to be in the yard sale pile. And the kids are going to have a new Christmas list. And don't get me wrong. I mean, all of this is enjoyable and beautiful and very gratifying to our thirst. The problem is we keep getting thirsty. But Jesus says, when you drink of my water, you won't be thirsty again. What I give you will keep giving to you and, and feeding you like a spring of water inside of you. Keep quenching these thirsts. It will last forever. You know, if we really want to listen to truth, we'll hear that. We can't make Christmas meaningful in a way that will last. Jesus makes Christmas meaningful by giving us himself. And if we truly open up his gift, we're going to see him as a wonderful counselor. So how do we personally and practically open the gift of Jesus being wonderful counselor? How do we do that in a culture that's so mixed up with Christmas? Well, first of all, we have to acknowledge we need a counselor. It's hard to say we need help. I was talking to a young woman the other day. She said, I'm very prideful. We all are. Jesus was born into a broken, prideful world because it needed healing. He came to heal it. And the only reason he could heal it is because he wasn't broken and prideful. But we are. We all are. We all need help. We all need a wonderful counselor. What if this Christmas we came to Jesus and we said, I am broken. I am mixed up. I might know how to make a good fruitcake, but that's about it, Jesus. I need a counselor. You know, when you think about a good counselor, a good counselor would care about you, understand hurt and pain. A good counselor uh, usually might have some solutions, maybe to a specific issue. Maybe they're a financial counselor or a grief counselor. Usually a counselor will point you in the right direction. But let me tell you something, every one of us, even if we've gotten some good counsel that God has used by a person in this world, every one of us needs more than that. Every one of us needs a wonderful counselor. See, Jesus is a wonderful counselor because he doesn't just care about you. He loves you with a divine love. Jesus doesn't just have a little bit of understanding of the hurt and the pain you're going through. Jesus humbled himself, came out of his comfort to live and take on our pain, and he lived it and bore it so he knows all about it. He's well acquainted with our grief, the Bible says. And he doesn't just have a, a specialty area. He knows everything. 
He knows why he made us. He knows what happened to us as a child. He knows our motives, our thoughts. He, he knows truth for any and every situation we'll ever find ourselves in. He has the master plan. He can see the big picture. He knows the beginning and the end of all things. And he's not going to just point us in the right direction. He literally can give us his power so that our feet will move in that direction. He is truly a wonderful counselor for all these reasons and more that we can't even fathom because he relates to me like no one else can. He can fix what nobody else can even touch. And you know what? He's my gift for Christmas. He's your gift for Christmas. He's the gift to this woman at the well. The gift of God given to us. Oh, to get to know him, our wonderful counselor. Merry Christmas. You know, all my life, I was taught about Jesus being born in a manger. Amazing, wonderful account of what happened. It's great. But what did that mean for me? He's special. That's an interesting story. The stable, the wise men. I was missing some connecting points with this story. See, the older I got, I honestly didn't know what to do with all of that. See, I knew as a Christian that the Christmas story was supposed to stir something in me. But there were other thirst stirring that were much stronger. The, the, the story of Jesus being born in a manger seemed past. And, and what I knew he had done for me and how that would affect me seemed future. He was going to take me to heaven one day. And although I was thankful for the, for the past and for the future, it didn't seem present. And here's the thing. I was really thirsty right now. So even though I went to church at Christmas, I sang the Christmas songs, I put the manger scene up in my house, and we read the Christmas story on Christmas morning before we ever opened a present, there was a present day disconnect for me. I was so thirsty. And so what I kept doing was trying to reach down into the well of holiday magic, hoping to draw something out that would quench my thirst and hoping to give other people something that's going to quench their thirst. But this world leaves us thirsty and broken. Even if we get a little bit of quenching or even a lot of quenching in December, we end up thirsty in January. See, I needed to know beyond the manger that this baby was my Christmas, that this baby was my wonderful counselor. That was present for me. I didn't need holiday magic. I had the gift of God, wonderful counselor. So we're talking about what can you do to make sure that you open this gift of Jesus? Because that's what Christmas is. It's about Jesus being a gift to you. Not a baby. Not a baby, but a wonderful counselor. Over the last several years, as I've been on this path of truth for Christmas, I like to call it, and I've gotten to know Jesus as my wonderful counselor, I've found out many things. I've found that he counsels me in the day. He counsels me in the night. That his word is alive and active to be a living counsel to me. Very personal. He can put his finger on what is broken in me like nothing else. He can call it what it is, even if I'm trying to hide it. He's truth. He's a wonderful counselor speaking truth to me day and night, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. I don't have to figure out life on my own. Talk about a gift. <laughs> So now when I get to Christmas, there's something to really celebrate because I like have this amazing gift and I know this gift. When I see the manger scene, I know who's in that manger and, and what that means to me, not just for the future, but for right now. Jesus became a wonderful counselor to this woman. And it might look to us that he kind of seemed harsh in what he says. But his counseling brings healing to her. She was in the midst of one broken relationship after another. How many of you know that can leave a woman mixed up? If you keep reading in the chapter, you find that she becomes a new person because of Jesus. See, Jesus knew what this woman needed. He knew why she had had five husbands. He knew what needed to be touched 
in the gut of her soul. He knew the brokenness in her that was causing her to live with a man who was not her husband and give herself to him. And he alone could speak to that. He alone could be a wonderful counselor to her and fix that brokenness, bringing joy and life again. The plastic temporal of the holidays promises us joy in life, but really, it only produces more thirst. The religious traditions of Christmas promise joy in life, but often leave us with a gift we haven't fully opened. And so a lot of us end up going through the motions of religion and faith at Christmas, but they're really more mechanical than deeply meaningful. Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, as we start to open his gift, we see an amazing part of our gift of God. Jesus is a wonderful counselor and oh, how we need him. Hardly a day goes by that I don't talk to a woman who is broken. In the role that I play of of women's ministry leader, uh, a lot of times women look to me to fix things. And let me tell you something, I can't fix things, but I can point them to the wonderful counselor who can. Just like Jesus ministered directly to this woman, he can counsel us in all we need. Open your gift. Let him speak to the deepest places in your soul. He counsels through his word. He counsels through his spirit. He counsels in the big things and the little things, in the things that hurt, in the things that are a joy. He'll tell you who you are, what to do, what not to do, what's wisdom, what's dark, what's light, what's wrong, what's right, what's lasting, what's dangerous, what brings real life and joy, what doesn't. He speaks truth. Our ministry exists to help you know how to study his word and hear his voice, that voice of your wonderful counselor. And if we can ever do anything to help you in that, that's what we're here to do. We want to do that. Whether it be for you personally, for your women's ministry and your church, uh, however we can do that. But Jesus is the wonderful counselor. And, And we would say to you today, In this time, as December begins, can you embrace him, your gift? Do you know the gift of God? He alone will give you a genuine and lasting reason to celebrate, to satisfy those thirsts in your soul. You know, Jesus is not just a wonderful counselor for you and for this woman and for me. but he's a wonderful counselor for everyone. And it's not just you or me or this woman in John chapter four that needs him. Your spouse needs him. Your parents need him. Your neighbors need him. Your friends, even your precious kids who have their hearts set on an Elmo or iPads or laptops or Barbies or whatever else is on their list. All those people that you're running yourself ragged to find the exact right gift for Christmas, They need to know the gift of God, just like you do. Because they're mixed up, just like you and me and this woman. And you and I can do a lot to make sure that the people around us get to know the true gift of Christmas, Jesus. That he's their wonderful counselor. You know, we read this story about this woman. And if you keep reading, it appears that her whole life changes See, we don't get to see all the steps she may have taken for that to happen. We don't know exactly what the pathway to that change looked like, all the details. We know how it began and we kind of see the ending, but we don't see all the middle pieces. We don't see her going back home, packing up her stuff, saying, I'm leaving, finding a new place to live. Maybe she did it that way. Maybe she handled it all together differently. Maybe she brought the man that she was living with back to Jesus and he met Jesus too and his whole life changed and their life changed together. Who knows? We don't know. The point is, when we've been living mixed up for a long time and most of us in our culture have been living up living pretty mixed up when it comes to Christmas. I I can just assume that. (laughs) I've seen it. I've lived it. I've experienced it. I'm, I'm a part of this culture too. 
the thing is, change has lots of detail steps. And, and, and it might take some time. It probably took some time for this woman to, to make all these changes. Opening up the gift of Jesus brings changes. But there might be a lot of steps before you see some drastic result. But the most important thing is that change begins this year. Several years ago, when I got on this truth path for Christmas, I began to see my gift, the gift of God. He began to reveal himself to me and open himself to me. And so little by little, things started to change. This was what it kind of looked like for me. One of the first things I started doing was to just kind of get rid of all the silly stuff that I had for decorations about Christmas. I just didn't want them around anymore because they weren't meaningful to me. I, I wanted more. I wanted something deeper. And I started to make some things for my home that celebrated Jesus being the true gift. At first, I tried to shop for them, and I found there's not really much out there. You can find manger scenes, um, but there's not much else. And so I began to make things myself, and I made things for others that celebrated who Jesus was. The, the way that I began to give gifts sometimes to other people began to change. And, and I still have lots of changes to make. And, and maybe you need to think about that too. Specifically in thinking of Jesus being our wonderful counselor. Maybe instead of buying your friend a scarf, give her a coffee date and share about Jesus being the wonderful counselor. Share the word of his counsel with her. Maybe she needs to hear from Jesus in a specific way. Get your Bible out and open that to her over coffee and that can be your treat and your Christmas gift to her. Give her a picture with, with something that Jesus has said as a wonderful counselor and tell her why you're giving her that. Write her a beautiful letter expressing some of your favorite things that Jesus has said to you as he has counseled you. Maybe for your kids, make sure you spend time taking Jesus out of the manger and letting him know, letting them know that he's their wonderful counselor. They need to know that. They're going to grow up and go through all these same questions with Christmas that you have. This year, I thought about making a tree of his truths, things that he has counseled and, and said to me, things that I know. You could do that with your kids. I mean, you can make little ornaments on this tree that the things that Jesus has said is a wonderful counselor. Don't fear. Trust God. Be holy. Listen to your parents. Seek wisdom. I mean, so many things that Jesus has said in his wonderful counsel, in his word to us. You can make a tree like that and put a bow on the top that says wonderful counselor. However you want to do that. There's so many creative ways. You could talk to your kids about his counsel for, for what they need and, and how they can spend and give this Christmas. To ask Jesus what would he have them to do. Not just to sit there and look at a catalog. Maybe you can buy one of your kids a CD with a song on it that specifically speaks to who he is as their counselor and let them know, this is why I bought this for you. I want you to know that Jesus will always be with you, speaking to you. He's your wonderful counselor. That's part of the gift of who he is when he came and was born in a manger. It's all about getting Jesus out of the manger and understanding who he is if we knew the gift of God. You think about that one person in your life that needs to know that they're not alone this Christmas. You know, Christmas is a struggle for many people. It's said that amidst the parties and celebrations, there is a heightened sense of loneliness at Christmas for so many. Who in your life needs to know that they're not alone, that they have a wonderful counselor? How could you tell them that? How can you show them that? How can you celebrate who Jesus is for them and, and, and gift them with that truth. Maybe you need to know that yourself. Maybe you need to gift yourself and give a Christmas gift to you. Some people do that sometimes. They'll buy themselves a Christmas gift because they don't think anybody else will get them what they want. Well, maybe the thing you need to get yourself this year and say Merry Christmas to me is to know that Jesus is your wonderful counselor. How could you gift your marriage with the truth that Jesus is your wonderful counselor. There's so many creative ways to celebrate Jesus being our wonderful counselor. 
I mean, goodness gracious, think of all the Christmas decorations you've seen in your lifetime. The Christmas stores, all the stuff that's out all over the place right now, all the crazy things that people have used, the creative gifts that God has given them to just celebrate Christmas in, in, in the parts of it that don't even mean anything. You look at all of that. Can we not come up with some creative ways to celebrate the truth of who Jesus is and the gift that he is, that he's our wonderful counselor? I think that if we really sought the Lord about that, God could do some amazing things in the body of Christ to just put on display the gift that he is to us as a wonderful counselor. And so I would ask you, what are some things that you can do to celebrate the true gift of Jesus and share that with others, to consider that this Christmas? It's more important than the cutest idea you can find on Pinterest. It's better than the best wrapping paper you can find or the card you can design or anything else. If you could help to communicate this truth to your family, your friends, even to yourself, that Jesus is a wonderful counselor and to celebrate that truth in your home and in your life this December. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. If we knew the gift of God. But see, we can't help someone else unless we open this gift ourselves. So we got to make sure that we are embracing and opening this gift of Jesus being our wonderful counselor. And maybe the first thing we need to do is to just start by asking him, Jesus, give us some counsel about how to celebrate you this season. We've provided some some study notes to go along with this lesson that will help you to consider some of those things. And I wanna encourage you to take the time to do them. I know that life is busy during this month. You know, this woman probably had a busy day in front of her and never expected to come and encounter Jesus. But when you encounter Jesus, time can stand still. How many of us would love for that to happen, for a time to stand still this month? We could all use some more time. Maybe what, what we should say is when we encounter Jesus, we'll find how deeply satisfying he makes our life and our Christmas. Christmas is about Jesus. And we just want to encourage you to make the time to open up your gift this Christmas. In the coming weeks, we're going to keep reading John 4 and keep opening the gift of Jesus. And we're going to find the Samaritan woman shares her gifts with others, her gift of Jesus with others, but not until she gets to know him herself. So as we close, let's just go back to that phrase in John chapter 4, that word that, the, that Jesus spoke to this woman. He said, if you knew the gift of God. And I believe Jesus is before us today speaking to us wanting to meet us in this crazy month of December and say, if you knew the gift of God, I'm your wonderful counselor. Let's get to know him. God bless you. 